Good morning! Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm your host, Nora. I'm joined by M. Hi! And Jackson. Hello! Oh, you're loud, Jackson. Am I? I'm normal. I'm actually very normal. <laughs> As always, coming to come in like a house of fire in every recording. You're like, I'm over here, and here's Jackson. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't sound like that. I do, I do not sound like that. I did not murder him. <laughs> I did not murder him. <laughs> no, but I murdered you just now. <laughs> did you or did you not make these statements about stabbing a guy in the head multiple times, going uh 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 uh. <laughs> I mean, this this is uh, the charmingly garrulous bagger yes. for club. Charmingly garrulous. We are here to talk about Tom fucking Bombadil. Uh, Autumn's not here, by the way. Just let's also let's, yes. Let's just note that up top because we have not acknowledged it to be true. Uh, but Autumn has been stolen away by evil Autumn by, by evil work. When I look, when I think about it, Autumn has gone west for this episode. <laughs> Mm. You um, don't want that to happen. No. Autumn has gone to the West. I, I, that's Autumn's coming back. Yes. <laughs> Unlike everyone who goes West, Autumn's coming back. Uh, the West is where the, the job is. Okay. I'm just saying, in the context of Tolkien, people go West, don't come back. Some people come back. No. Mm. No, not anymore. Not in the Third Age. I guess I don't know. Remember the rule we had about not spoiling Lord of the Rings? I know, but I'm just saying, no one, Spoilers, no, no one goes west age. comes back. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is like, this is the deep lore shit. This is the stuff you get into. The, this is the first thing on everyone's, hey, did you love about Lord of the Rings? Uh, <laughs> hey, did you know there's other continents? <laughs> hey, did you know when they go on the boat? You know, you know what that is. Um, anyway, let's talk about what uh, we're actually going to anyway, talk about. The Fellowship of the Ring, chapters five through eight. Uh, Let's just and get you're this always off. doing summaries. So, Jackson, would you like to tell us about these chapters? Sure. Uh, as I was going to say, let's just get this off of the pass. Uh, this shall be the single, uh, hopefully, most boring episode of uh, the Bag. I, I, to- I told you. I told everyone. I'm what? like, if we make it through this, anything's possible because this is the nothing happens in these chapters. Nothing happens in these chapters. <laughs> what are I you mean, talking about? <laughs> like, I know you are number one Tom Bombadil stand. <laughs> I don't. I, uh, I love Tom Bombadil, and I don't I, think I'm number one Tom Bombadil. Stand. I like I like Tom Bombadil just fine, but factually, in terms of stuff we care about and like thematic content to dig into, th- they walk around, they get lost, they meet Tom Bombadil, they get lost again. Tom Bombadil saves them from ghosts. The end. We covered everything. Okay, but so in these chapters, really they walk around, cool. they get lost, they meet Tom Bombadil, save them from ghosts, and then they uh, go off as the end. Uh, the first chapter. Uh, what's it called? The fifth chapter. I don't have the name of the chapters here. Um, a conspiracy unmasked. Is that it? A yes. Conspiracy, conspiracy unmasked. Uh, they get to Frodo's new house and it is revealed to everyone that they know what's going on not only do they know what's going on but like Mary's known about the ring uh, since like before Bilbo came back Um, that doesn't work work timeline wise but he says that he's known about it for eight and he read Bilbo's book yeah um, oh, before Bilbo left, I guess. Before Bilbo left yes. so he's known about the ring forever um, everyone's been kind of like listening in on whatever's like Frodo saying t- when he thinks no one's listening because uh, Frodo doesn't fucking talk to anyone and they have a big conversation saying, hey, uh, we're not like betraying you here. You just don't talk to anyone and we're your friends and we're here to say you have to talk to us about this death adventure we're going on because uh, we're fine with it. We're at, we're totally fine with the death adventure. Just please, you know, let us in. And he we're realizes this. You, by the way. Yeah. It's we're just here. a classic power of friendship scene but in Lord of the Rings and, you know, everyone's on the same page and they go on the journey and then they head to the old forest uh, and it's pretty dangerous in there so Tom Bombadil saves them <laughs> and they head to Tom Bombadil's house and Tom Bombadil's like, hello, I'm Tom Bombadil uh, and he is with and everyone's like what's up with this guy and then his hot wife's like you know he's been around forever and he is the master of these places and he's like and they're like you mean like god and then uh god Dari's like no the fuck did i just say he's just been around uh and they're like okay sure uh, can you deal with the ring and he's like well it doesn't really affect him but no no he just kind of stays here uh if, if you're going anywhere you have to do that in your own time tom bombadil stays where tom bombadil is uh so they they they, they head off and immediately <laughs> immediately uh, while they're in the tom bombadil's territory uh, he heads into the like the dwight 
area and gets uh, trapped by a ghost. Tom Bombadil saves Frodo uh, and then tells them, all right, you want to have a Brie? You want to go to the Prancing Pony? Uh, it's a cool place. You, you basically won't even realize you've left the Shire because there's still so many fucking hobbits around. Uh, and that's your main point of, uh, point of you know, that's your new objective marker. Off you go. And they head out on the quest. And that is all four chapters. But also he gives them some sick knives. Yeah, he gives them some epic loot. Um, yeah, from his uh, from his stash from his bank. Um, from not from the, his bank. He just robs. He he Skyrim loots the entire barrow <laughs> and lays it all on the ground because he, he wants to make a cheese wheel a cascade. <laughs> he does. He does Skyrim. He does Skyrim loot the entire barrow. He just puts it all out on the ground outside after like banishing these whites uh, forever, and he's like. He like he comes just in this, and he... just this white, not not the rest of the whites, just this one. <laughs> yes. Well, aren't there multiple ones in this barrow? I mean, it, the barrows I assume are meant to be like long forgotten burial grounds. So yeah. while the one that Frodo was captured in, he goes in and clears out. There's probably like dozens, if not hundreds, of them throughout the hills because there's like the implication is there's like a whole fallen kingdom here that no one mm-hmm. remembers but him. So. Basically, Tom Bombadil t- turns undead and then uh, gives everyone six swords. And the, he, he does the, not the, turn undead; he defeats undead. Well, he, the, he, but he like repels them into the cave and then blocks it up. And oh, you mean like turn isn't turn aside? Like undead. like the D and D thing, like turn undead. <sighs> I don't know. Not I don't become know. I don't undead. Know. Okay. Oh, I'm glad there's a distinction there because I. What what is the what is the D and D activity turn undead? Well, you can't you know, just throw it, these terms out. Okay, you know when you like put up a cross and ward off a vampire. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does with like singing. Yes, yeah, but I, w- I wouldn't fair. call that turning undead. In fact, that's, yes. that's, that's, that is a very different that's phrase. What that right. is okay. Well, <laughs> thank you for explaining because it sounded like you meant the other well, thing. <laughs> Gary Gygax ain't Jarrow Tolkien, so I don't give a fuck what he says. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, the hobbits, are, the hobbits are like, well, swords, we didn't even think we'd need those on our death adventure. <laughs> we thought we'd just be running around and stuff, just little guys. We didn't just little guys, fight. yeah. Also, also pointing out, they packed two changes of clothes, one for summer, one for winter. And uh, after after the, the white dressed them all up in their, like, you know, evil ghost armor, right? Like, they're all wearing, like, the burial clothes of the whites themselves in, like, some weird, like... Uh, like Blair Witch ritual that was about to happen that Tom Bombadil just like barged into with his circus aura and dispelled. Um, they're fine. They just get to run around naked on a hill until he's like, oh, right, we have wool pants and then put on their wool pants. Do you, do you mean a Blair Witch ritual? No, what? I don't. I don't. God damn it. Now, do the hobbits know how to use a sword? Well, remains to be seen. I mean, they know how to cook, so like they can chop stuff. I can chop an onion. I don't think I could stab a person. I mean, I give it. I give it a go. Like I understand pointy end at the person, but like, yeah, but if you know how to hold a knife, you know how to like attack something with a knife. Mm-mm. No, that's not uh. true. That's the that that uh, is hubris. <laughs> that that is that is the word said right before someone is run through. <laughs> Dan Riker's voice. Saying. I could fight a. I could fight a bear. <laughs> it was a wolf, I and he could not fight either. I could fight a wolf. <laughs> Look, I could fight anything. That doesn't mean I'll win. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the important <laughs> thing here is the hobbits leave Fatty Bulger to fucking die pretending to be Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> the book even mentions none of them knew the danger that lurked with someone who would stay behind to pretend to be Frodo. We don't find out what that is, but clearly he's about to be menaced by some uh, black riders. Yeah. No, Fatty Bulger's the horse. Oh, is it? Fatty Who's the Bulger's... guy that leaves behind? Uh... I do remember this, but I don't remember. I thought it was Fatty Bulger. Maybe Fatty I was wrong. Bulger's, Fatty Bulger's totally the the guy. What are you yeah. talking about? Fatty Bulger's the guy to leave behind. What? Yes. He, he's the guy who's like place they stayed at last time. Oh my god. I thought Fatty Bulger was Tom we are Bombadil's Tom, Bomba- Tom Bombadil's donkey is Fatty Lumpkin. I see how you got these oh. confused. <laughs> You know, Not to be confused with the other donkeys, sharp ears, wise nose, swish tail, and bumpkin. White socks, my little lad. And old fatty lumpkin, of course. Old fatty lumpkin. <laughs> okay, well, I see how all this happened. <laughs> um, it all makes sense. It all checks out. 
Uh, but yeah, he's he's staying behind, so he's about to get got by uh, a team of magical hitmen trying to find Frodo. <laughs> he's going to get uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Um, maybe pretty soon. <laughs> maybe they'll just sniff him, and they'll be like, "It's not him." I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what happens in this. I remember the movie version of a guy being menaced, but that's it. We don't talk about that here. Uh, so yeah, in the movie, uh, I'm seeing an image here. It looks like he's just running away from the. Yeah, also, there's not a whole thing of Frodo moving to another shitty house in uh, the movies. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that the, the, these chapters have, that obviously the movies don't have, but it's like, something these books spend a lot of time on, is the idea that the Shire is not just like five houses, right? Which is just a, a reality of filmmaking uh, that is, you know, the Shire is thought of as a place and not like a small country. No, the Shire is a region with like, yeah, yes. it's like multiple cities, like villages, not cities, really. There's no cities, but... Yeah, they're not like a centralized there, but it has multiple places that you have to like go between. Like leaving the Shire isn't like, you know, I'm leaving town and going on the train. It is not, it is not the JRPG starter town. No, no, <laughs> right. but that is like how it is thought of culturally yes. partially because it, of the movies yeah because the hobbiton and the shire sort of get conflated a lot yes, yes. because of the way that the movie shoots these things mm-hmm. yep. so i i just really like the like the ways in which it's like no there's, there's this and you know there's the brandywine river and the, there's all these different places because Tolkien loves the world build uh so he knows exactly what's like around the corner and all these places and so i've i've, I've enjoyed uh them like they've had a whole adventure so far and they have they haven't left the shire yeah. And still I mean, the next they, they found like they found like the ruins of ancient kingdoms and a go- and a weird man in the woods and like a ghost barrows. They're still in the Shire. Yes, and like they're they're about to go to Bree, and even uh, for Bree, um, uh, Tom's like, ah, it's still hobbits there. It's not that far. Uh, yeah, I have a weird question, and I don't want to talk too much about future stuff. But uh-huh. do do they not find the trolls in? The- no, that's just okay. a, that's just a visual nod to the Hobbit. Okay. Yes, that's the thing you do when you're making Lord of the Rings and you don't think you're going to be making a Hobbit movie in 10 years and ruining <laughs> multiple countries' economies. Yep. Um, I, I just, do think Brie... I, we'll get there next time, I guess, but I do think Brie is supposed to be... Out, like It's it's on the edge or outside the Shire. Yes, no, no, they say it is yes. outside the Shire in this, yeah. but they're like... They, they, they say that like there's still... like There's a lot of Hobbits there in, in the place, even with the big folk. Um, yeah. And the point is that, like, you know, the idea in frodo's mind and also culturally but like those are similar things is that first like i leave town and then i'm in this foreign world uh and that's not quite true that's not how like borders work especially in some of the middle earth where borders are not as like harshly enforced right there's no yeah. hard border between where the shire ends and the other place begins uh no because that's not how borders worked until the like 1900s <laughs> yes I mean, there like because this is like meant to be like pastoral English countryside. Like fencing probably isn't even that big of a thing. Well, no, I mean that's no, that's because they came into like yeah. the other guy's farm. Like that's that's the whole point when they're like cutting through woods and stuff. Is like you just walk around. Oh, it's... fencing like structures, not um, <laughs> yes, uh, Nora. <laughs> yes, I was imagining hobbits with epee. No, I specifically talk about the idea of like fencing off land as a distinctly American historical period that was mm. about like taking away free range land that you know all of the natives occupied and turning it into lots that you like applied for as good honest European farmers. Yeah, there's a whole episode of Tony Gundam about this. It's like incredible. We talked about this in another podcast not too long ago. <laughs> I just also know this because of history, but yes. <laughs> um, also, I'm sick. If I sound like weird and fucked up i'm sick that's the reason okay uh so i really enjoyed frodo's dream sequences i love frodo's dream sequences that's so good i i love the detail that they say that he hears the the sea which is a sound he's never heard in life but he hears all the time in his dreams uh which is such a lovely detail because it's like i know what many things sound like because i live in the 21st century and i have youtube (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and i have television shows uh frodo doesn't frodo doesn't know what the sea sounds like and so it gives these dreams a like sense of like I mean, how does everyone else... Is this what Frodo thinks the sea sounds like? Or does Frodo's dreams... Or are Frodo's dreams showing him what the sea sounds like? I have I have a boring answer dictated by having read the book before. So... 
<laughs> this is this is just one that lines up one to one as a as a boring solution. Yes. Okay, because I was like, this is so, it's like a, such a different vision of like it makes sure to note that so it draws attention to this this conflict. I assume he's just seeing things. I mean, uh, for do you want me to break timeline or no? I mean, no, it's fine. But like, it's, he is definitely like you know because he's seeing the towers, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, uh, how many? I don't know how to does, talk about this. <laughs> okay, how many I, towers I does not... he see? Uh, what? What? How, how many? How many towers does he see? Not those towers. It's two. T- he sees two towers. Those towers. Are, look, when we get to it, <laughs> the, the 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 name two towers is like a thing that like. Tolkien did not want to choose, and it's not like really clear what the two towers actually are. The movie makes it really explicit what the two towers are, but one of those towers isn't even in the book. Uh, <laughs> maybe both of them? I don't know if they actually go to Orthanc in that book. Might be in Return of the King. So, um, yeah, it's it's a nebulous uh, denotation. Yes. Um, well, you I mean you can say, but like I read this as like the power of this journey, like moving back through time in his dreams. Do you want me to tell you what the yeah, actual answer is? You can tell me what the answer, actual answer is. Uh, this is imagery that will be like echoed in the final passages of the book. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> when he right. Sail, when he when he sails yes, west, of course. It's it's that echoing back through time, not not yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, the sea. So I was yeah. I was right, but I was like got the detail. Right. Of, course, of course, it was. I know I know enough about that stuff, but of course I should have put it yes. together. Yep. Um, I assumed that it was uh, the ring giving him like. I'm looking at you vibes, you know? But that makes sense, too. <laughs> we haven't seen a ton of that with the ring yet, though. Um, I, I in fact, in fact that... we, have the one, we have the one moment here where, I guess we're kind of segueing into Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil compels Frodo to just hand over the ring. Like, and he does. There's, like, no question, no hesitation. But then afterwards, he immediately reverts into, like, Gollum-y behavior in that like Tom Bombadil gives it back and he's like oh you, you swapped it like you wouldn't give it back like clearly you, you've passed me a fake and I have to prove it which are very unfrodo and he puts the ring on for the first time which are all very unfrodo things to do yes Tom Bombadil also puts on the ring and nothing happens and then he just yes. laughs yep <laughs> But there's also a bit they, they it specifically mentions he holds it up to his eye, and the way his like eye flashes blue through the circle of gold is like denoted as especially unsettling, which I think mm. is is interesting and cool. Yeah. Like this idea of like two incompatible magics like interacting just gives everyone bad vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um I have a question, and this is kind of like informed by the way that Andy Circus reads the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Is Tom Bombadil speaking in verse. Cause oh, he's singing. Um, he's when he's singing, he's singing, and when he's normally talking, he just normally talks. Because it sound, it sounded like even when he was normally talking, Andy Circus was like. Adding- there's no, there's no specific denotation that like his normal speech is like that. Okay. In in the book, like the verse is indented because no, that's how the sure. verse. I just mean like like counting syllables of the things that he says. Is he actually like speaking? no? Okay, because it, it felt like he was, because it seemed like he was constantly saying different things, but with the same intonation, with the same rhythm mm-hmm. um, in every scene. And it was like, I don't, I couldn't tell if it was meant to be like this, this weird, like, every part of this person is this music this song like constantly or if it was my imagination because no he 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 has a lot of verse like applied to him and so does goldberry but both of them are also characters that just talk normally in the way the book is presented Mm. um because circus kind of adds a little bit of a sort of a lilt to everything that bombadil says because he's always a merry fellow yeah Um, so i wasn't clear on that but well, even the books, like when he goes off to like find the donkeys, like we he immediately disappeared, but you could hear the hay doll, the merry doll, like through the like hills, like echoing through the trees as he goes around. Uh, He's great. Yes, he is great. 
they talk a bit there's a bit where he like when he is escorting them out of his lands like t- towards where they need to go he's like ah i could keep up with you It'd be really awkward if i was just like running beside you like a magical man while you were on a horse so i'm just gonna ride my donkey also <laughs> i just imagine him like like totoro like you know like floating through the forest or whatever he, he's like yeah it would be kind of awkward to have a conversation with you jogging next to your horse yes i could totally keep up with your horse your horse sucks uh but that there's a lot of like the way tom bombadil is betrayed here is i think really interesting of like um how how do i like specifically want to phrase this in the we understand there to be something otherworldly about him he is definitely some like unknown form of magic at least to these hobbits at this point uh yes and he's not presented as like a mystery for the plot he just is he's just over here in his weird situation um mm-hmm. but there's but he's also very normal or that is to say it is more like his weirdness and his magicness is, is juxtaposed against like uh the same mundane happiness that like other hobbits have he's just having dinner right he's having dinner he's greeting his guests he talks about what's going on with fatty bulger he knows what's going on with the people down the other way uh he lives a very regular life at least as tolkien has constructed the regular life of hobbits uh and they talk about the magic stuff as like different like burdens when they talk about what it means to be master of of uh of like the trees um and i i just i think it was like positioning like like all greater power gets you is more things to be worried about in the conception of uh what tolkien is saying here the ways in which he expresses joy and happiness and like engaging with others is the same as the people who don't have any of this like magic that stuff is all identical uh the the magic however has given him like you know he understands the forces of darkness and that just makes him worry about it right it's all like burdens and it doesn't actually change uh the way to live a good life i guess which I assume is, you know, part of the whole thing. It seems in line with the dog and something. I mean, the, thing, the thing about the thing about Tom Bombadil though is that like he's expressly like stated as he's been here forever. Yes, and not not like forever is like a big number, but as forever as the concept of forever. <laughs> he, he says like I I saw the first like raindrop fall. Yes. Like, he was here when the world was made. And what that means, you know, we do not know yet. But he was there, and he watched it. And he's just kind of had this area, and, like, is this has always been where he lived? It's not really clear. But this is where he lives now, and he, un- like, he he understands it, and it gives him power in, like, the sense of almost like a, like, the self-actualized man. And not in, like a, like, a Nietzschean way, right? Like, he's not, he doesn't have, like, dominion. But he is master in terms of, like, he knows the land, he knows the people. And he, that knowledge is absolute. And that he knows this land, and he's known it for 10,000 years. Or yes. however long Middle Earth's been around. Um, and that, that gives you, like, a, a perspective and a power that you, you, it's just hard to fathom if you're, like, a normal person who, like, lives and grows up and dies or whatever, right? Like, they walk through a field, and it's it's the Shire, but he, like, stops on a fence, and he, like, is sad about it. And they're like, what's he, like, they do, they just mention that he was sad about it, remembering something from long ago. How long ago was that? Who knows? Seems like it was probably, like, centuries ago. But mm-hmm. he still remembers something bad happened here and is, is, like, upset about it. The ghost that he expels might be someone he knew when they were alive for how, yes. like, because he's been here that long. Um, it's just like an unfathomable amount of time. And the way he deals with that is by mostly being chill and eating good food and hanging out with his wife. <laughs> yep. But I mean, like, he's not, while he is sad and, uh, he clearly is like, oh, I've lived forever and watched loads of people like die and empires rise and fall, uh, in yeah. the Shire. Uh, he's not, uh, the, the like tra- he's not like you know I've lived so long that these people are below me right no no, uh, no but like he's also not like he's distinct from Gandalf and the Gandalf cares a lot about other people yes Tom Bombadil cares a lot about living his life <laughs> he doesn't not care about other people like he's not isolated no he, he- no but also like. The hobbits come in. He's like, "Oh, that's nice. I'm going to send you on your way, and th- then I won't worry." Like he won't worry. He won't think about Frodo once once he's gone. You know that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the, the, the defining like bit he gives is Frodo. He says Frodo, and Frodo's like, "Like, did you hear my call?" And he's like, "No, but like, I knew about you. I was looking out, but I wasn't like, I was. You know, I knew you. I knew what you, your deal was. Uh, I knew what was going on, and I was uh, aware, and I was going to help you if I came across you. Uh, but no, you did not call me. I was chilling." <laughs> <laughs> I was just passing through yeah. with my leaf full of flowers or whatever. Yep. <clears throat> and Old Man Willow, a tree that, that is vengeful on people doing harm to it, so now eats 
anyone who wanders into the woods. Yeah. Weird. Certainly will not ever find a sentient tree in the rest of this story. That seems like a weird well to go back to. Yeah. Um, but we, we've established now that trees, some of the most dangerous motherfuckers in this world. Yeah. They're around. They live so long and they just, yeah. you know, they live very, on very different time frames and uh, have their own secret forms of communication people don't understand. And I, you know what? Old Man Willow, I think he could take the Black Riders. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> just chomp them up. I don't know about that. Look, they're always sniffing stuff and he's using his, like, sleep gas on the hobbits. I'm just saying they might be extra susceptible to Old Man Willow. Do the Black Riders sleep? No, I don't think so. I, like, I, I think they're like kept alive question. by magic. I don't, I don't yeah. think, I don't think that they like have sleep in the way that people do. Maybe they want to, and they'll be like, "Oh yes, finally, I can take a nap." I mean, and then it's munching time. One of the things about people afflicted by the ring is that they probably want to do a lot of things. They don't and won't <laughs> and can't. Yeah, yeah, like, that's true. Desires of the uh, like Black Riders beneath whatever the hell the magic is uh, is one thing, but um, you know, I just don't think they are in the same way. I, I don't mm. think sleep gas would work on them. I, you know what. I understand. Well, certainly, certainly in six weeks when Old Man Willow fights the the Black Riders, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, in the in the finale of the first book. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they both hate fire, so that's a nice equalizer there. Yeah. Um, it's true. Uh, we covered the dreams. I wanted to make sure we talked about the dreams because they're really cool. Um. There was something I wanted to say about Old Man Willow, but I don't remember. I, it was just really the way that like they're moving through the forest, and it's like very like, at every turn, just turning them deeper, deeper into the woods and away from where they want to go. And even when they think they're going where they want to go, they're actually not. Um, when they got to this like. There's this big hill that they go in up on that's like above the forest and that's just surrounded by forest. Uh, and then they have to just go back down into the forest. It was just a, a really fun like visual because it's it mentions that it's like a like an island being a mountain under the water and like this this one piece of land pulling out of this like shifting forest that is like responding when they start singing songs about how forests suck ass and then the the trees are like crowding up behind them it's just good yeah uh like it's not it's not a particularly dense uh, set of chapters but i i still enjoyed them um i oh the 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 thing about the, these chapters is even if like not not many things like happen i guess but like the visuals of all of this stuff is so cool like the in the in the barrow white part the other three hobbits are all like decked out in this like funeral garb and then like they've got crowns and they've got like these white robes and everything and they're lying down in a line and there's this one long sword that's like laid across all three of their throats. And it's just like this really cool striking image as like this hand reaches out to, to grab the sword. Uh, it's just really sick. <clears throat> you know what's cool? Fantasy. No. <laughs> You're on a Lord of the Rings podcast. Uh, yeah, I like this one. <laughs> Why do you not like fantasy? I don't like I don't like series and I don't like a bunch of made up words and Okay. Uh, <laughs> you did I, like, I like books I like books about like feelings and people talking and not stuff happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I I haven't read a ton of fantasy, but I would I would say that the fantasy I've read is not like compelled me to read more fantasy. 
Yeah. Sure. Reading, reading Tolkien got me to read like Dante and, and Chaucer, not more fantasy. <laughs> to be fair, Tolkien would have been like good. Nodding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got really into Thuriana. I didn't give a shit about like what next big fan. I didn't get into Wheel of Time instead, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, um, I keep thinking about getting into Arthur. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. There's, yeah, what a, what a wonderful kind of, of day. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of derailed that. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you would just go on the internet and tell lies. <laughs> uh, what, what even is the, like, source for, like, if you say, oh, I want to get into Arthur, I don't even know where you, like, look in a modern sense. I know there's, like, I, lots I, of derivative stuff. I don't, like, that's just, like, myth. This is myth beyond, like, text to me. Like, everyone knows the Arthurian myth, but I don't know what you would read for it. I mean, I I assume that the starting point for a lot of people is something like Once a Future King. Mm-hmm. Mm, even that's, like, modern... Yes. Like, you're gonna read, like... It's so hard because you're, like, digging shit out of, like, bigger texts. Yes. Right? Mm. But, like, you're going to read, uh, like, Tristan is sold, and you're going to read mm. uh, L'Amour d'Arthur, and you're going to read Sir Gawain. Um, I did read Sir Gawain. I read that the other week, the other, like, because of uh, the, the movie, The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I read it, like, I'll read this and watch the movie. Then I read it, and I felt no urge to watch the movie. But the puzzle, the puzzle, the uh, poem was pretty good. <laughs> you know what? I think you had the better experience of the two of us. Did you watch the movie? As- I watched the movie and did not reread the text beforehand, so I think you got the you got the better. Uh, the text is pretty good. Out. You know they were fucking yeah. horny in Victorian That's times so true. <laughs> when they discovered <laughs> when they discovered that they found it in an attic and I'm like holy shit, you got to read this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird because like it's really scattershot um, and it's like multiple centuries worth of text but also it's not that many texts because if you get too into the part where people had books everyone was more like all that stuff had already happened and people were into it and they'd moved on to like you know weird catholic stuff instead uh (laughs) yes so um it's not like it's not hard to do a general survey of a theriana um I'd probably start with Lamorte Arthur, but that's what I started with, so I might be a little biased. Um, that makes sense. I bought a copy of the Once and Future King as a child and didn't get. I've never into read it, it but like that's like a that's like a modern <clears throat> book, right? Like that. It's still pretty old, but yes, in the scale of like Arthur stuff, it's pretty modern. When was the Once and Future King written? Nineteen fifty-eight. <laughs> it's pretty old. No, no, <laughs> but no. not compared to like the French ones that you were talking about. Yes. Lamorte de Arthur is written in 1485. Like, you just, it's too big of a gap. <laughs> cannot conceptualize the difference. It's Look, so big. Look, they're both old. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Uh. You're doing this on purpose. <laughs> but also, it's true. Something from the 50s is old. Not in this way. Not in this way. <laughs> Not in this way, and you know it. When, when Look, Tolkien got me. If I wasn't around, when, it's all equally old. No, when Tolkien got me to pursue an English literature major, and that's really what happened to me, as I got really into the shit, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. My, my focus would have been, uh, European text pre 1860, I think was the major program there. Hmm. And that's like kind of my cutoff for like modernity. It actually, I would probably say like, you know, anywhere in the mid 1800s kind of counts, but, um, Mm-hmm. Anything after that is modern. Everything in the 1900s is modern. Everything in the late 1800s is modern. Um, <laughs> I, I go, I go. Nora, uh, when, if I said early modern literature, when are we thinking? What? Give me, give me, you know, give me an era. Give me some names. What, early what? modern literature. Yes. I mean, uh, I mean, I would like the 30s. No, this is like Shakespeare. <laughs> well, what? that's different because you're talking about English literature specifically. Yes, I know. I, I understand. Yes, I, People I understand. People use the word modern a lot for a lot of different things. I'm saying when, that when we talk about literature, it has a different context when you talk about video games. I would, I would, I would say that globalization to me marks like like a modern conception in a world with like the telegraph to me marks the I, where books could be published globally to mm-hmm. me marks the like the line but it is a line that is much to speed in different fields so, like english literature specifically has like old english middle english modern english periods that are not the same as like if you're talking about world literature what counts as modernity yeah <laughs> but that's then, true 
basically, I guess, like, if I if I say some like something is modern, I guess I mean that, but for the internet. What? Like, like in the way, like in what you were saying about the telegraph, but for the internet. If that makes sense. Okay, it it does, but it it comes across a little bit as when I was born. I was born before the. Uh, was I born before the internet? Yes. No. 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 Sorry. No. No. You're my age. Internet. <laughs> Where did it come from? This but, is. Uh, this is. This is b- ceased to be a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is definitely still a podcast. Anyway, anyway, what were we, what were we talking about? Oh, Arthuriana, right, right. I just, yeah, everything about fantasy novels just gives me the vibe of people who think that the Ren Fair is cool and that magic systems are interesting. And I don't believe either of those, either of those things. So, magic systems um, can be interesting. I don't care. I don't You've care. That's not why I come to books. Yeah, you know what I don't care about? The fucking rules of the magic system. Okay, literally nobody shuts up about how good the rules of the magic system are in Full Metal I don't Alchemist, care. so I, I guess in that case, it's fine, you're excused. I care about a story about like people trying to combat fascism when they can't see past it. I like, do, you know? I do like that, I do like that. Um, Ask some me say anything about much. Full Metal Alchemist. Um, no, because Jack's going to read it. <laughs> I'm going to read it, I'm going to read it. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, just fantasies. Just, you know, I, reading Tolkien is an aberration. Maybe being into it to me is an aberration. And maybe someday I'll go and read a fantasy novel that really knocks my socks off, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I think that it's cool when there's a wizard. Yeah, I, I don't have any affection for wizards. <laughs> I think that there's a. I think it's cool when there's like a lady whose life is falling apart. So that's like that's the kind of books I'm reading. I mean, that's a lot of fiction. I know it is a lot of fiction. <laughs> so great news. I'm well fed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but like my my interest in like you know I'm like a, I want to read like the fucking MFA books. You know that's where I'm at. Like <laughs> I have a very different diet of fiction that I like. Um, Mole fettle alchemist. No. <laughs> I don't know what MFA means. Wait, hang master on. fine arts. Come on, you ruined it. No, <laughs> no, no time for this kind of tomfoolery. No, no, this isn't about tomfoolery. This is about Tom Bombadil. Oh, uh, sorry, tomfoolery is a different guy. Yeah, tomfoolery's wife's not as hot. No, not <laughs> not nearly. <sighs> it's interesting because like Tom Bombadil and Goldberry and Old Man Willow are like hobbit characters right like they come mm. out of a different type of folklore than the thing that the rest of lord of the rings is about specifically well, and and that incongruity is like part of the weirdness of the in the interactions like frodo's like who's this fucking guy and like i don't know the ring doesn't work on him but he doesn't seem to actually want it and we and frodo handed it over and like all the magic broke and then but we can't stay here we have to go and so the minute you leave it's like well all that all those rules don't matter anymore like uh, it, it's the it's the fucking um, Monty Python. Oh, it's Camelot. It's a silly place, <laughs> but for this little glade of woods. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's very funny to me. Um, because in many ways, like Lord of the Rings, uh, in the ways it is influential, right? Um, there are just an entire genre of books that are essentially what if you took the hobbits out of lord of the rings everything like the rest of the fantasy stuff builds on like the elves and the the Mm. people and Mm. the kings like it's all lines of kings uh with um various lines of betrayal and having to live up to your whatever uh and then it's like the greedy dwarves everywhere and the like mysterious elves who are like really cool but like secretly evil um and those are the things that, like, nerds pulled on. Uh, and the Hobbits themselves have not really, I feel, you know, saturated it into the rest of it, even though they're, like, the thing that holds all of that together. That's, like, the point of these stories in the Tolkien world. Yeah. I have a conclusion, but it is interesting. That is interesting. Nobody, nobody people are uh, not ready for little guys still. <laughs> Let them know about little guys. I mean, look, hobbits aren't cool. So if you wanted to have like a cool story about a guy with a magic sword, he can't be a little guy. That's true. 
do we have anything else? Are we just kind of circling the same points? Uh, as we said, the loosest and uh, weirdest episode of this podcast. Autumn's going to come in and be like, what the hell were you guys talking about? I think this was just some good some good book reading. I had a great time. Yeah. Very I, look, it was totally good book reading. Just, you know, not the most dense podcast text. Yeah. Sure. No. I mean, that's fine. No problem yeah. with that. Like, like I said, this is the death spot. There's nothing going on, right? Yeah, we're chilling. Is the next episode going to be the end of book one, or do we have another one after that? I don't know how long book one is. Next time, we are reading chapters nine through twelve, which will bring us to the end of book one. Awesome. Cool. Yep. The, um... Six book break looks so much more sense than the three book break. It's honestly ridiculous yes. that Lord of the Rings is three books. It's just it's just not three books. It just well, isn't. Uh, the actual the uh, the original plan, if I remember correctly, was to publish as one volume, but paper it was just too expensive. They're like, no, we'll cut it into three. And he's like, what about six? Like, no, that's also too expensive the other way. So it'll <laughs> be three. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> And he labels um, the, like the books differently, like you know, he lets you know when you're in book one to six. But culturally, that's not you know. There were three books on the shelf. There are three movies. Yep. There have been there have been three plus or six plus appendices volumes published. Since Ab- then. Absolutely, there have been loads of different yes. versions of Lord of the Rings. But I mean, like for the default vision of what Lord of the yes. Rings is, it is three books in the culture. Yep. It's interesting yep. to think about how if it was split into six books, the first one is not called the Fellowship of the Ring because there's no Fellowship of the Ring yet. Uh yeah. Do the do the six books have names? I don't actually remember. Not in my copy. Oh, well, they have names. No, I'm just I'm just like. Don't. Yeah. Okay. So there are um book one. The ring sets out. Yes. Two. The ring goes south. Um, and then we'll get, we'll get further in the treason of Isengard. The ring goes east. The war of the ring. The end of the third age. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, the end of the third age is a better subtitle than any other of the subtitles for any Lord of the Rings, like Fellowship. Of the- all of the book subtitles, the whole thing. The end of the third age. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, went with Return of the King instead. Return of the King. Uh, I mean, you can't like you. You can't actually subtitle a book that because you don't like you know. You look at it and what's what's the third age? But you have to be bought in to care. <laughs> Uh, well, it is book six. Yeah, so. yeah at that point. Yes. <laughs> but also, the the ring sets out is not exactly like a... I guess it'd just be called Lord of the Rings, the ring sets out. It never got far enough where this is like a thing people were discussing seriously. So the, I mean, like half of these titles are like, which way is the ring going? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's funny because um, the original like Dragonlance Chronicles trilogy was reprinted in half size volumes as six books and like given like ya covers at some Mm -hmm. point but like ya before the ya like genre really cemented so like looked more like almost a kid's book um Mm -hmm. those books not intended to be split in half it's weird but uh these on the other hand it just works out also, I remember I said that I had read and reread these books a lot as a kid. What yes. I'm really remembering is that I read and reread The Two Towers and Return of the King because they have better <laughs> fight scenes. And I did not read and reread uh, The Fellowship of the Ring because uh, when I cert- we get when we get to those books, I will ask you to point out to me where <laughs> the fight scenes are. <laughs> the, the scenes where they fight. <laughs> Um, I mean, cool. you've come a long way because now there's nothing more you love than like little weird guys. <laughs> I love weird guys. What if there were some little guys? Is like the peak what? of fiction to you? There could be big guys. But big guys, I guess. I guess they, I guess they just have to be notable guys. Yeah, they gotta be guys. I don't know if there are any guys in the other books, but I'll, there's I'll some be- guys in Lord of the Rings. You got some well, guys. There's some, yeah, there's some guys. You know. I don't think I'm going to be Denethor posting, you know? <laughs> like That's I, fucking me. I'm Denethor, Denethor posting. I've been Denethor posting the entire time uh, I've known them. You don't, you don't understand how much I was like, someday we're going to get to talk about Lord of the Rings and I can talk about how Denethor is the most interesting character and the movies fucked him up so badly. I'm still bitter about it because John Noble's a great actor. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, what if he was just like, well, I'm the evil guy? And then ah! he teleported. <laughs> fucking he hate super it. Speed. I... I Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. 
but for now, <laughs> super speed. Uh, <laughs> he, run, he runs so far. He runs anyway. so far, and he's on fire, and he's wearing like a huge coat that's like drenched in oil. It's bad. Um, it's not and, like they don't set up the geography of how far he runs in the movie. There's, there's like a little, like well, a little bit of fudging. No, he runs so far. <laughs> he runs so far. He runs out of the hall and around the square and down the spire. We'll get there. <laughs> um, M. Yeah. Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find all the podcasts that me and Jackson do at abnormalmapping.com. We recently put out a repertory screenings about uh, waiting to exhale, which I thought was good. And we're about to do, I don't know how we're going to cover all the movies Destiny's watching for horror because I'm watching a bunch with her. There's going to be a long segment one next repertory screenings. I'm watching I'll a lot just of show up movies. 20 minutes late. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I thought about just recording it with Destiny like beforehand and editing it in. So. <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. Where can people find you online? You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find uh, the other podcasts uh, that me and M do out of our Patreon. <laughs> so I just suddenly just realized, wait a second, that was backwards. It's so funny to me because I just love like, I just wait for you to see if you actually figured out how to do the second half of these plugs. Never. Not on your life. <laughs> what do you th- I got that one right. I totally nailed that one. Fuck off. Yeah, no, smooth as silk. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Can, I have some, can you be like the uh, Fredo's friends and be like, "Oh, I'm supportive." No, fuck no. you. Imagine no. if the, uh, we're, we're like Boromir Sam. and Faramir is what we're like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Patreon.com/slash mapping If you would want to support me and M's uh, podcast, you can find the Great Gundam Project one dollar a month. Uh, we are going through turn A and plan test right now. We're going to finish that up soon, and soon, like in about ten. Ooh, not like, like eight weeks, six weeks. I don't know. Soon we're going to be in Gundam Seed, so uh, ooh, watch out for that. Uh, but it'll be great. What's the worst that could happen? The uh, show's bad. The show's that would be. Bad. Am- I would love it. The show's boring. That's different. But the show's bad. That's good. So long that's as it's more interesting than we've only act. Well, you know, we had the entirety of G Gundam, but we've only only had like maybe 12 bad weeks total the whole time like the energy We've been gundam, doing gundam yeah uh, like because when it's oh. often when Gundam's bad it's bad in really interesting ways we can get into it's really only like the end of G- like the not the end but like the the very end is fine but the the back stretch of g gundam and then like the last 10 episodes of wing that's and i, that, I had to, that's the disaster i had to shotgun 25 episodes of g gundam to be on that podcast and i was uh <laughs> that's oh. a bad show it's Nora. a bad show. It is a bad show. Shouldn't have done that, but you know, you don't. Hey, now to talk to your friends, you don't need to do that. That's so true. I just, ha- I just get to read a good book. So true. I could just DM you, I guess, but you do. You do Jackson. DM me. Yes. Where can people find me online? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I can find you at neither Nora on Twitter.com. Uh, you can find the podcast <laughs> Anora and Auden D at exportord.io, uh, various podcasts there. And you can support them on Patreon. If you give us money on Patreon, you'll get this podcast a week before everyone else. Uh, so that's fun. Yeah. You'll also get my uh, Marble Hornets podcast I do with Olivia called Back to the Ark, which is like a five minute twice a week uh, Marble Hornets podcast where we just watch Marble Hornets and talk about the spooky guys in Marble Hornets. Um, I also make uh, Attention Duelist with Olivia, which where we watch Yu-Gi-Oh. We've almost finished watching Yu-Gi-Oh, and after that, we're going to be watching Yu-Gi-Oh after the movie. Um, Everyone's been waiting for you to stop watching Yu-Gi-Oh and start watching Yu-Gi-Oh. I know. We're so excited because we just keep seeing little clips of the dub. And we're like, damn, I can't wait to fucking watch Yu-Gi-Oh. You're not watch- Are you watching the dub for Yu-Gi-Oh? I thought you yeah, were- absolutely. We have had this argument in the group chat already before. But I thought you were already committed to... Is this only a season one gimmick? I must have wiped this from my memory. Whatever. It's fine. I won't have no, we're, we're watching season zero in like subtitle, because that's the only way that it exists. But we're watching Yu-Gi-Oh itself, like the main popular show dubbed. Okay, well, um, we, neither of us, neither of us uh, sign off on this. Thankfully, we're not on this podcast, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
You should listen to Batman. Gotham City Limits. Me and Autumn do it. Exportaud.io slash Batman. That one also you get a week early if you... Yeah, you get it a week early. We've... The schedule's been a little weird. Autumn's been having work trouble, obviously, not here today. Um, But we will... We... It will continue. Don't worry. Our desire for Batman has never ceased. No, this is not like a me trying to do James Bond situation. Uh, This is just a work towel. The schedule's bad. We're recording about... On the day this episode goes up for patrons, we will be recording our Batman Returns episode, unless something else happens. But uh, <laughs> if that's the case, then uh, a certain uh, retail chain of fast drinks will uh, be my enemy <laughs> once again. <laughs> once again. Um, that is going to bring us to the end. Thank you, Jackson, for helping me with my plugs. I just wanted to see if I could spring that on someone someday. You know, Jackson did better with your plugs <laughs> than they did with my bit. So. <laughs> I've just been thinking about, like, who can I just drop that on? <laughs> Why the fuck is, am I, like, seen as eminently bulliable? I, well, if I... Is it not self-evident? <laughs> if I if I said, M, where can people find me online? They'd say, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I would actually, I would just do it, and I'd do a damn good job. Thank That's you very much. <laughs> no, you did a good job. I was more laughing you did such a poor job with our bit. <laughs> because our bit, we do our bit a certain way every time. One of those is asking you to do something, which I, I can just do things, I can improvise, but the other thing is like, you know, we do a set, what a, this, end this fucking show. What are oh, we talking Mr. about? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you see the shit I have to put up with Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do that again Until next time Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn